0: USA Radio
1: News with Chris Barnes.
2: New York's Democratic mayor says the good news is the one-time hot spot for coronavirus is now doing very well in that department,
3: but... The bad news is we continue to have a real problem around the city with shootings this summer.
2: Mayor Bill de Blasio says as coronavirus cases and deaths have gone down, shootings have been rising, including the death of a one-year-old who was killed over the weekend at a family cookout just outside of a park. A now-former worker at a VA hospital in West Virginia facing murder charges, Rita Mays has been charged with seven counts of second-degree murder for the deaths of patients at the VA hospital in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Investigators say she illegally administered insulin to eight patients in 2018, and seven of them later died. She didn't even have the authority as a nursing assistant to dispense medication. And this is USA Radio News.
4: When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877 437 4781. Policy points and availability vary by state.
5: Many
2: Native Americans called yesterday a historic day after Washington, D.C.'s NFL team agreed to change its name and logo. No new name has been announced yet, but news of the Redskins' planned name change sparked a celebration outside the team's stadium in suburban Maryland, where one proponent of the change said,
6: We are hoping that that's going to be 100% rebrand of the team with no uh, connotations of Native American connections.
2: At the same time, many fans of the D.C. team say they're saddened at the change. Meanwhile, now baseball's Cleveland Indians appear to be the next target of those who want Native American team names to change. That team says it is now discussing that possibility. While the Atlanta Braves say in an email to season ticket holders that they will not be changing their nickname, though they may work to dissuade fans from doing the so-called Tomahawk Chop chant at their stadium. Wall Street stocks have been flat since the opening bell this morning, and this is USA Radio News. A federal judge is ruling against Georgia's anti-abortion law, a decision coming down yesterday citing a violation of constitutional rights that the judge says are guaranteed by the Roe v. Wade ruling in 1973. The measure passed by Georgia lawmakers last year tried to ban abortions once a doctor detected a fetal heartbeat, which would be about six weeks into pregnancy. The state is apparently planning to appeal, as Governor Brian Kemp tweeted late yesterday that the fight to protect the innocent unborn is far from over in his state. Primary elections are happening today in Alabama and Texas In Alabama, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions is running against the former Auburn football coach Tommy Tourville in a Republican Senate primary. The Small Business Index for June has just been released, and it's up more than six points month to month as eight of the ten components improved. America's small business owners seem to stay optimistic about the future conditions and indicate they do expect the recession to be short-lived. And NASCAR's all-star race at Bristol Motor Speedway in Tennessee tomorrow night could have the biggest live audience for a sporting event in America since the pandemic began. That race is expected to draw 30,000 fans. Find us online at
0: usaradio.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
9: It's Rick Tittle!
10: All right. Hey, thanks for that. And thanks for joining us for another live edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. That would be me. You would be you. And for the next three hours, we will talk sports. And I'll take your calls as you see fit in an open time to, uh, in other words, if I don't already have a caller or I don't have a guest. If I'm in the middle of something, I will almost always bring it to a screeching halt immediately. Take your call. And if I don't take it immediately, I'll wrap up my thought. You won't stay on hold on this show. It just won't happen. If you stay on hold, it's because I don't know you're on hold. (laughs) And in other words, uh, I'd love your participation. And uh, you can do that at the toll-free line 1-800-878-PLAY. It works all over the Lower End, Contig, Mexico, Canada, Hawaii, Alaska. 1-800-878-PLAY. I cover all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, footage, ball chess, checkers, be cricket. Of course, it's Tuesday. We do sailing with salesporttalk.com. Karen Lyle will join us coming up. Also, Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet he comes in on Tuesdays, usually. He's down in Vegas. And we talk NHL as they're getting ready to go. And uh, comedian slash actor slash everything Scott Gerwood is going to join us near the end of the show. Right around 11:30, but other than that, we are open for your calls. And um, 1-800-878-7529. Always recognizing the troops who are listening to us, and I say troops—that's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, National Guard, Space Force, Delta Force—around the world on American Forces Radio Network. $500, 177 countries. You guys are doing great. Stay safe. Hope to see you home very, very soon. We're proud of you. Keep up the good work. We're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app, also streaming through our website, sportsbyline.com. You can go there, click listen live, and emails rick at sportsbyline.com if you want to write me an email. I'm trying to get a refund for my vacuum. Yeah, don't write to rick at sportsbyline.com for that one. Also, CRN Digital Plus 2, the Cable Radio Network Channel 2, in 35 million homes, homes. Yeah, that's right, girl. That's what I had had said. So we're going to talk some sports, take a quick break, come on back
11: for muscle pain, body aches to strains. Blue EMU Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Its unique formula with EMU oil penetrates deep to relieve arthritis pain, sore muscles, joints, and more. Blue EMU Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink. Find Blue EMU at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and other chains, or visit blue-emu.com. Blue EMU Maximum Arthritis. It works fast and you won't stink
0: now
2: titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle is a genius
8: the best show ever he's so wonderful genius the best show ever he's so wonderful titillating sports with rick tittle rick tittle isn't he's so handsome he's a
10: genius Oh, a genius, I tell you. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. This first segment is open before we're joined by Karen Lyle, as we are on Tuesdays in the first hour, salesporttalk.com As I said, Bruce Marshall coming up in the third hour, along with uh, comedian Scott Durwood. I wonder if he liked the first Durwood or the second Durwood better, <clears throat> and um I think you got to be at least my age to know what I'm talking about. Bewitched. Uh, her husband, Darren. How's that for a stupid name? No, I'm just kidding. My boss's name, Darren. He's listening. But the uh, boss. Uh, oh, sorry. Scout Durwood. I said Scott. It's, I wrote Scout and I said Scott. Um, sometimes she goes by Scott if she's identifying that way that day. But uh, anyway, on Bewitched, I'll get to the show here in a sec. Let me know when we're back from the break. Um, there were, She had two different husbands, and each one did a few seasons. I like the first Durwood better, I got to say. Um, but her, uh, his mother-in-law was a witch, and she called him Durwood, just to kind of rub it in. That Darren is such a stupid name. <laughs> All right, 1-800-87A-PLAY. We wonder how, and it goes day by day at times, how we're ever going to play organized professional sports again with all the different rules. And the NBA said, well, we've got it down. We have the bubble. And in the bubble, people are going to be tested constantly and no outsiders in the bubble. Well, in the last day or two, we have had a player from the Rockets and a player from the Kings Leave the bubble, and now they have to quarantine one more time for a period of time. The Rockets, Bruno Caboclo, who when you think of the NBA, I think you think Jordan, Bird, Magic, Kabaklo, and the Kings, Rashawn Holmes, you've heard of him. But that was this extensive guide that each player was given on health and safety protocols. If you want to know how long it is, 113 pages. It really could have been a Chris Parnell financial SNL sheet that just was one page long. I remember when I had a Donald Foyle, the great Donald Foyle, in studio at Sports Byline, and he had written uh, really a pamphlet for NBA players on financial responsibility. This is 113 pages. You know who read it cover to cover? Not even Adam Silver, but you'd want to get the highlights. Usually you would have somebody on the team, be it a flunky or be it the general manager to read it and then break it down and say, here are the salient points. You know, you don't have to read the entire book on the War of 1812, but you want to know that the White House got burned down and that the Battle of New Orleans actually took place in 1814, little things like that, right? You don't need all the little nuances behind that. But the biggest part of the plan to get these games going at the end of this month, basically two weeks from now, is that all of the 22 teams, remember that's it, in the quarantine bubble, they have to spend 48 hours after they arrive in Disney World to get cleared back-to-back days of negative tests. And now they are being brought in. Once inside your hotel room, anyone with the team, anyone, players and staff, are not allowed to leave the room for any circumstances during those two days. That would be what they call a 48-hour quarantine period. But after that's up, players are allowed to roam inside the bubble, don't pop it, it's made out of soap, with a lot of safety precautions put in place. So the players haven't been forbidden from leaving Disney World, it was written in the Health and Safety Protocols document that if someone was able to leave the bubble site, they got to go back into quarantine again. Now, there are some players that don't really understand the guidelines or who have ignored the guidelines, because now that they've left and come back, it's hard for me to say for some weird reason, Kabaklo, Kobaklo, Caboclo, Kabaklo and Richard Holmes will now get a 10-day quarantine in their hotel rooms because they might be unpure and stained. So Cabaclo was told, don't leave here for 48 hours. <clears throat> and he, now he's from Brazil. That's not an excuse because I'm sure if he didn't understand, he got it in Portuguese as well. It's unclear why he left his room or what the deal was, but he's got 10 days of that now. Now, Holmes, what he did was he went to pick up a food delivery. And he went on Twitter apologizing, saying, after the initial quarantine period, I briefly and accidentally crossed the MBA campus line to pick up a food delivery. I'm currently in quarantine and have eight days left. I apologize for my actions. and look forward to rejoining my teammates for our playoff push. Now, Holmes did not commit any crime. I don't think he's, you should uh, cast aspersions on him. It was a slip up, but this is what the NBA is cracking down on. All it takes is one little slip up like that, that you're going to become typhoid Larry and you're going to bring it in and you're going to shut down all the playoffs. And, um, his mother, Dr. Uh, Ladicia Holmes, said, you only crossed the line for your moma's kitchen. <laughs> and I was not in Florida, sir. Love you, baby. I like that she called herself moma. Maybe she means mama. I'm thinking of the M-O-M-A down there, south of Market, the Museum of Modern Art. But the, um, as I said, slip-ups are to be expected. You can't think that every single person is going to be legit at all times. That's why there's probably a lot of watchdog people. Remember, there have been football teams. Uh, when I played college football, there was a guy who sat in our hallway when we, because travel team, you would take half the team. Of course, I was on travel team. But anyway, in the hotel, there'd be a guy who'd sit in a folding chair, some graduate assistant, who made sure we didn't leave our rooms. So I don't even know what the NBA has whether they have drones or surveillance equipment, or maybe some sort of night vision goggles that they're watching these guys. But as um, uh, resilient that I've been and wearing my mask at all times, I, uh, this weekend I ordered some food from a window. You had to have a mask. And then I went up to get more napkins. And when I walked up, they go, sir, you have to put on a mask, even though they were behind a sheet of glass. And I was like, oh my gosh, for just a second, going to get napkins, I forgot to put my mask back on. So had I been in the NBA bubble, I'd probably be in quarantine right now Probably in the temerity of taking five steps without my nose. I wasn't around any other person, but I still felt stupid and embarrassed. Like, oh, my gosh, I forgot for a second. And that's much different than you're impinging on my freedoms. Yeah. But getting back to the NBA, the... The players, um, staff, they're going to go through the enhanced COVID-19 testing, which um, you think about the nasal swab, which they say is 70 to 90 percent correct. Why is it that? Well, if you want the one that goes like actually eviscerates your nose and goes down into your brain and pulls out organs for canoptic jars, then that one is supposed to be 90 percent correct. But somebody walked out of the bubble and they got to go back in their rooms for 10 days so it's just you know as i said these aren't capital crimes but all it takes is one little lapse of concentration or just think well i'm just walking across the street to get food i like what holmes said Holmes said that is completely my bad and i'm sorry and you know you got to accept his apology and hope everybody's okay all right when we come back we'll take to the sales the high seas i'm rick Tuller. come on back All right. Thank you for that. Christopher Cross. Speaking of Christopher's, our buddy Christopher Kane is joining us once again. He is in studio in San Francisco. Rick Tittle with you from my house in the East Bay, as is Karen Lyle, my co-host for the Salesporttalk.com segments on Tuesday. She is in her house as well. And um, first of all, Karen, um, were you upset to see that Stanford dropped a lot of their sailing teams?
6: Well, of course, anybody who drops a sailing team is going to have my notice.
10: All right. <laughs> let's get to the talk. Let's get to the talk about America's Cup, um, because uh, this is something that uh, our friend Christopher knows very well. And Christopher, let's let's make sure we know this is not coming up this weekend. This is all part of the buildup. We have some time before we actually uh, get out on the waves for this. Right. Christopher's there.
6: You know, I can see him talking, but I can't hear him. So.
10: Okay. Well, <laughs> let's we'll go give, to you then, Karen. We'll
6: give him a moment. We'll give a moment. Uh, now, Rick, there we go. Rick, I'm going to let wait, you. Wait, wait. There he is. Yeah. There
10: he is. Christopher, um, tell us exactly when the America's Cup is taking place, because this is kind of like a 12-hour Super Bowl pregame show. We're getting you ready. Yeah, aren't
11: it's we? the world's largest preseason, basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we don't get rolling until uh, March for the for the real show, but. You know, what's interesting, uh, unlike other sports where you get to try out your, your new vehicles, your new Formula One during and before races, at least Ferrari wishes they'd done it before races, uh, you know, there's a lot of work that takes getting these boats tuned up. So we've got the first American boat in the water. we got more boats showing up in September. But but the main event isn't until March. Uh, but there's going to be an unbelievable amount of testing uh, and data that will be compiled as much as People talk about how data drives Formula One. uh, You'd be amazed at the amount of data that these boats throw off every time they hit the water.
6: You know, Christopher, I was just looking at the video that you posted from the San Francisco America's Cup race on the the, the – the the photo album that we put up for the show, which people can reach, by the way, by going to salesporttalk.com. And it was about the 17th and 18th races. And just for a moment, when I was just looking at that video, it brought back the rush of that thrill, which was actually the race that first got me interested in becoming a spectator in salesport. Um, And I have a question for you. Why did you choose that race to talk about for a prelude to what's to come?
11: Yeah. So that was, uh, as everyone knows, in San Francisco uh, during AC34, which again, you can go to salesporttalk.com. That's two T's, salesporttalk.com, and click on the link to today's podcast, and you will see a link uh, to a video that the America's Cup has up on um, their YouTube channel. And That race, I thought, was really interesting because obviously we all remember that the Kiwis got off to a huge lead and then the Americans slowly started reeling them in, reeling them in. And you could see Dean Barker, who was the skipper of the New Zealand boat. You know, sometimes in sports you can just see when another player or another team starts to set up camp in their head. And the reason I picked that one is that was the race that I've always said that's the race where Jimmy Spithill broke Dean Barker and is, as many people we've talked about in the past, one of the biggest moments for a sailing race, especially the America's Cup when there's just two boats, is the start. Uh, If you can get an advantage at the start, it gives you leverage pretty much across the entire race. And the Kiwis got themselves in trouble not once but twice during that pre-start. And basically the pressure from all those races from being – At the final race, you just have to win one more race, and you've brought the America's Cup back to New Zealand, and they just couldn't get that last race. And that race, uh, if you go there, it's uh, day 12, and there's two races. But if you go look at the pre-start of the first race, you will see two incredible mistakes back-to-back by the Kiwis. And it's always been the moment to me where where Jimmy Spithold sort of officially stopped paying rent and just lived in Dean Barker's head – and, and for a lot of us, after that race, it was just a matter of the last two races playing out.
10: Thirty-six Americas Cup will be March sixth to the twenty-first off the coast of Auckland, New Zealand. And Christopher, help us, let um, people like me, like some of the Neophytes, on the um, official Americas Cup website, they list the teams, and there are five teams listed: Emirates Team New Zealand, Luna Rosa Prada Pirelli. American Magic, Ineos Team UK, and Stars and Stripes Team USA. Now we do know this isn't like the Olympics or the World Cup, and you could have a Kiwi at the helm of an Italian team and such things. But it, how is it? From what I see, there are two USA teams. How does that work?
11: Well, uh, yeah, Stars and Stripes. We, we, I think we're about to follow a missing persons report on Stars uh, Stars and Stripes. <clears throat> uh, they. They have not been seen recently. There's no news on them building their boat, which if they weren't doing it by now, they're going to have a problem. Uh, no comments on whether they have actually paid the entry fee uh, to get into the America's Cup. So um, Stars and Stripes is, is in a bit of a problem right now. So American Magic really is the American syndicate. But but you bring up a good point, Rick, and, and this came up in San Francisco too, where where people would go down to the docks to see the American team – and we'd see a bunch of Aussies and Italians and New Zealanders. And uh, you're right, it's unlike the Olympics. And and sometimes people have a problem with that. They're like, why should I root for the American boat uh, when there's no Americans on the boat or almost no Americans on the boat? And, um, you know, sailing being the international sport that it is and this being at the very high, high end of the sport itself, uh, yeah, you, you see basically the, the the top sailors in the world. And to get a full... America's Cup team together, which, by the way, once you add in shore support and other team members, you're looking at over 100 people per team. Um, yeah, you, you wind up with a lot of Auslanders, but I always kind of compare it to to baseball. You know, we love Panda. We don't care that... You know,
6: you know Christopher... Um- I understand that the set of rules for the, the upcoming America's Cup 36 is is that every team has to be comprised of members of their own nation. So if you look at the American Magic team, they're all American. So that's a change from the previous rules. So I wonder how that's going to play out.
11: It'll be interesting. And, and look, the, the nationality rules, like the Olympic nationality rules, are, are really not about are you born and raised in that country, but how long have you resided in the country. So that that can be played as well. Um this American Magic team, I think, is the most American team we've seen since, since the Dennis Conner days. And I, I think part of the reason for that is they, they called it from a very good existing team called Quantum Racing. And so there was, there was almost a pre-team that had been racing for years before this came over. Uh, Terry Hutchins uh, comes from, from the Quantum campaigns. So there's, there was a, a boat filled with Americans that they were able to sort of start with. Uh, to build out the crew for American magic. Um, but this, this is a seriously American, but l- l- let's be honest, you know the nationality roles you can play with just as much as you can in the Olympics.
10: How is it for you, Christopher, when, I mean, obviously in a team sport and we see the American flag, we're, we're drawn to that. But for me in the Olympics, when it comes to individual sports, like maybe figure skating or tennis, whatever it is, um, I do find that if, if there's an athlete who I, I like, I could find myself rooting against the Americans. So for you as a sailing fan, are you like USA all the way or are you more open-minded to, hey, I really like what this team is doing and I think I'm going to support them?
11: I, 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 am, I am mostly USA all the way. Uh, I, I will admit at 83, I found myself rooting for the Australians. And, and, and part of the reason is, of course, coming up in San Francisco— uh, we all f- were followers of a sailor named Tom Blackaller, and Tom Blackaller's arch enemy was Dennis Connor. So when it got to uh, the finals, the first time you know the cup left the United States in '83, I, I have to admit, towards the end there, I-, I was rooting for the Australians.
6: Why? Now I've got to ask why.
11: Uh, part of the reason is uh, is is Dennis Connor, who just you know. Because I grew up in San Francisco racing on the bay, I was genetically predisposed to uh, not liking Dennis Conner. Mind you, I've never met the man before in my life, so I have no reason to not like him. Um, but also, as as a, as a someone who's watched sailing, been part of sailing, you start realizing, you know, what is it going to mean for the America's Cup if, if Australia actually wins? How is that going to open it up? How is that going to create? And the other thing, too, was, you know, we had our own jealous reason in San Francisco why we wanted— the Australians to win, which is, as we mentioned on the previous show, defenders and challengers. If the New York Yacht Club continued to hold the America's Cup, the defending syndicate would continue to be the New York Yacht Club. But if it went away to Australia, anyone could challenge, and sure enough, in 87, there was a challenger from San Francisco. So it was also the long con to get the cup here. We were off a little bit there, but we got it finally.
10: And we just have about 30 seconds before the break. We'll come back with more. Christopher, I, just, I always wanted to ask you this. I've been to Caen in Normandy, of course, an important city during World War II. Um, have you made a visit to your namesake city?
11: Uh, I, I have, but that's actually not the family city. So there's, there's two sort of branches of Caen in France. One is uh, from there, and the other is from the town of Metz in Alsace-Lorraine, and that's actually where, where we're from. So it's my namesake, but it's not the ancestral home.
10: There it is. We'll get more into ancestral homes and such things. This uh, segment not brought to you uh, by any sort of ancestry website. But (laughs) as always, you can uh, call us up and uh, get to us um, uh, at the Piano Finders call in line at 800-878-PLAY. Karen Lyle, Christopher Kane, and Rick Tittle. Come on back with more salesporttalk.com.
14: This is Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk. With the pandemic shutting down movie theaters around the world, Paris and the River Seine will be the host of, guess what, a floating movie theater. Yes, with 30 boats at socially distant spacing from each other, where everyone watches a movie from their own boat. Go to sailsporttalk.com and grab the QRC code or link to download the photo. You've got to see this. I think Paris has given us a challenge that the California Delta and the other inland water bodies in the US and Canada should take up. We love our movies and we love boats. Paris has set the trend, and yes, they have more than a century of trend-setting history behind them. But I bet those of us who sail can arrange to do a cruise in on our own boats and even set up an outdoor water movie theater near us. It might be a fun destination. No matter where you are in the world or whatever kind of boat you have, if you love movies and boating, send us your stories of how you combine the two. Click on the link or scan the QRC code at sailsporttalk.com. Look at the photo and tell us what you think.
4: Driving through the San Francisco Bay and Tri-City area, All Bay Collision is a one-stop shop including full detail wash and steam clean of engines, auto restoration, and auto body repair for cars, SUVs, buses, ambulances, box trucks, big rigs, fleet accounts, and fiberglass repair. Tow available with over 60 years of experience, you are in good hands. Visit allbaycollision.com or call 510-489-1313 or
14: 510-825-4727. All Bay Collision, over 60 years of experience in auto restoration and body repair for autos, buses, fleet accounts, and more. For the San Francisco Bay and Tri-City area, call 510-489-1313, 510-489-1313. All Bay Collision is a member of the ITEX Barter community, where your ITEX dollars are welcome. This is Karen Lyle with a shout out to the InShape Health Clubs in Stockton, California, on Hammer Lane, March Lane, Quail Lakes and West Lane, all of which have reopened. InShape Health Clubs are a member of the ITEX trading community, where your ITEX dollars are welcome. And InShape Health Clubs benefit the American Cancer Society and St. Jude Children's Hospital. This is Salesport Talk, recognizing local businesses around the world that make each city unique. At InShape, we understand that there are many different facets to fitness and that all of them are important to living a healthier, happier life. In building stronger biceps, you're also building greater confidence. We know that in gaining stamina on a cardio bike or treadmill, you're also gaining energy and enthusiasm. Fitness isn't just about improving the way you look. It's about improving your outlook and how you feel about yourself. At InShape Clubs, we have the equipment, classes, programs, people, and perspective to put you on the path to a better place. Check out InShape.com and visit one of our 60 locations in California today.
10: All right, thank you, Rick Tittle. Back with you on Sports Byline USA around the world on American Forces. Tuesday, first hour, salesporttalk.com, co hosted with Karen Lyle, Christopher Kane in studio. And the lines are open at 1 800 87A Play. Let's stay right here in town. Peter in San Francisco, welcome to the show.
15: Thank you very much. And first of all, thank you for great content on, uh, on, uh, on the America's Cup. Appreciate it.
10: Thank you. What's on your mind today?
15: Yeah, so I've been to um many of the uh, America's Cup events um starting in Australia and um and been to most of the venues. Um and obviously the world is intrigued by the new monohull ruling. Um so really the the question I have is is you know um is is this going to be a popular format for for people. Um already there's less uh teams entered in and just um wondering what, um, what people think about um, whether this is going to be a successful format.
6: Christopher, why don't you take that question first, and then I'll comment.
11: Yeah, I, um, I, I still don't understand why they went exactly to this boat. Um, it, it seemed like a, a, an answer without a question. Um, you know, there, there was purists in the sport who, who wanted the America's Cup to go back to monohulls, and, and move away from these sort of high-performance catamarans, which, which honestly were more planes than there were boats. So even though I thought they were fabulous, I could understand the argument that um, this is supposed to be a pinnacle sailing event. Um, but we didn't really go back to a monohull. We went to this, this weird in-betweener where it's a monohull with foils. Um, they really, at the end of the day, didn't change anything. Instead of it being a catamaran where you have one foil per hull, it's a monohull where you have one hull and two foils. So, I don't exactly know what answer that they were solving and I think if uh to Peter's point, I think if they gone back to a pure monohull, uh you probably would have seen um at least two more if not three more syndicates uh involved and I I would not be surprised um if they if they rethink this boat. Um the next go around, regardless of who wins it, whether whether they successfully defend it or not. I, I just don't think this is this is a platform going forward. I think it's, you know, the America's Cup is a technology race, just as much as Formula One is, but it's also been one where the technology winds up in, in normal boats, right? Split rudders and wing keels, and there's a lot of innovation that happened in the America's Cup that wound up on regular boats, and, and people could go out and say, I'm I'm, I'm benefiting from this. I don't see how you get that trickle down with these boats. So I'm I'm not convinced this boat was the right answer. And it, it seems like they were trying to have it both ways and kind of got neither. And that's why you only see three challengers.
6: Now, I'm, I'm going to voice a, an opinion here, too, which is a little bit um, different than yours, Christopher. Um, basically, I like the monohull foiling design. I think it's a, a fabulous invention, and I'm just really excited to see how it plays out when those boats are racing close to each other. And I'm interested to see how the design affects the way the team performs, because the team is basically maneuvering over that space based upon, you know, about the construction of the boat and, and how, you know, where all the different stations are in the boat. And I'm, I'm interested to see. I mean, Peter, I, I'd be interested to know what you think about this
15: yeah I mean I think to Christopher's point it's it's you know innovations is at the heart of the americas cup and that's and that's great to see um it's obviously concerning that there's another a totally new format that we have to learn um and i'm just personally i'm actually intrigued to see whether this um this this format will succeed um it does seem to be a bit of a hybrid um and um you know I, I personally as a spectator um as i'm sure most of us are going to be with, in these in these challenging times as a spectator watching from the sidelines i think it's um um you know i think it's going to be intriguing to see whether you know it's going to be appealing to to the masses um which is really why i've got into the americas cup because i thought it's going to be opening up to to many many different world um uh, competitors around the world and um and hopefully it continues. Any other questions today Peter? No, I I mean just um you know I think the the obvious one is is you know um how how do people um see I mean I think there's one event in December um you know do 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 people think there's going to be many uh people getting out to New Zealand to watch this um and um and, uh, I mean, fortunately, New Zealand is, in it, um, is a safer place around the world. So I'm just hoping that there's going to be you know, um, good access to content of, um, of, of the, the actual event and um, whether it will be um, accessible for everyone. Thank, Thank you I very much for your call,
10: it. Peter. Appreciate it. And the lines are available at 1-800-878-7529. That is a good question. Christopher, I have one for you. I saw an article about the INEOS team UK. They have their, uh, lead systems engineer, a guy named Andy, the animal McLean, who is a veteran of many America's world cup. And that leads me to this. When I hear lead systems engineer, that sounds like something on the international space station. So how much of this (laughs) is technology and how much of this is just straight old sailing by the seat of your pants?
11: I think, what tends to happen with these new classes, so we saw this with the AC uh, with the AC uh, America's Cup in San Francisco, and I think we'll see the same dynamic happen here, which is uh, when you're racing these types of boats, you do get these printouts, these charts that say that this boat in this wind sails the best at this angle. And what happens with these new boats is, is the sailors do kind of look to the systems to tell them the best way to run the boat. But one of the things that made the American boat um, so much faster in the second half of the AC-34 in San Francisco was the sailors used that as a baseline. And as they got more comfortable with the boat, they actually started going away from what they call polars and just kind of feeling the boat and feeling what was making the boat get faster. As they got more comfortable with it, they actually started moving away from the numbers and, to your point, sailing it more as sea to the pants. Um... That the Americans found out that, it, that if you uh, sailed their boat lower and faster, you actually could get up the course faster. In and, and most you know, sailing races, you want your boat as efficiently heading towards that next turning mark. And the Americans discovered that if they go lower, they went so much faster that even though they had to cover more ground, they were covering it so much quicker – that it wasn't a problem, and that wasn't initially on the polars. That was more the sailors going, hey, there's more speed in this boat. We're not doing it right. I think you're going to see that again with this new class, because to Peter's point, here we go again back at day one with the new class. I think you're going to see them originally kind of look to the data to try and understand how to sail the boat, but as they get more comfortable with them and they start seeing how the boats interact with each other on the course, then that native seat of the pants – uh, there's certain sailors, and Jimmy Spithill's one of those, who they just step onto a boat and they make it faster. There's just something about how they feel a boat that just makes them faster. And I think you'll see that come to the fore as these sailors get more and more used to these new boats.
6: I wonder if teams in the future are going to have a bionic chip to help feed them the data you know that's coming from the performance cuz cuz basically right now what they're relying on is is their you know their technical people and so forth to tell them how the other competitors performing how their boats performing and all the wind plus their sailing experience but how much faster would that be if they had that 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 just you know wired into their brain
11: but <laughs> so I wonder the, if you, that would make difference. But so at the end of the day you you still got to be able to race the other guy and that that's why I thought the uh, the video we put up on sailsporttalk.com was was so fascinating because You could see two very fast boats, you know, tuned with an inch of their lives, but it was human error that decided that race at the end of the day. It was a sailor making the right call and another sailor making the wrong call and the technology had nothing to do with it.
10: You know, it's interesting about the pride New Zealand has in this event. Um, When you're a small country, I remember being in Denmark for a family reunion. My grandfather was from Denmark. This was in 96 and they just were over the moon. That they won the team handball gold at the Atlanta Olympics, something that most Americans probably had no idea, but the country was just celebrating. So with New Zealand, three years on now from Bermuda, can you just talk about the national pride of every Kiwi they have in this event?
11: Yeah, I mean there there's only two sports in New Zealand, rugby and sailing. And uh you know, it it it's amazing to watch them get behind it. Also, as we pointed out in the last show. Uh, it's they're so behind it as a national sport that it's the only syndicate that's actually partially funded by the government. Uh, that's how important the America's Cup is to them. And, you know, much like England, you know, being an island nation, sailing is, is in their blood because it, it was part of the survival of their, their nation growing up. And they are incredibly excited. It is, you know, one of the Super Bowls. You know, when it's, it's either the America's Cup or the All Blacks rugby team that have the uh, the focus of the, of the country. And, you know, that was one of the fun things about having the Cup in San Francisco was watching, you know, these Kiwis flood to San Francisco for the finals and just so incredibly excited about, you know, coming to San Francisco and being on the water and being able to actually see with their own two eyes – this race that they had been backing probably most of their adult lives, but they never been able to see it because the American Cup up to that point had always been out in the ocean. So the idea that a Kiwi could come to San Francisco and actually see their nation's boat fly right past them, you know, a couple hundred feet off the, the pier, it, it was great to see them.
6: Well, American Magic Team is now um, already in New Zealand ready for, you know, training and getting used to the waters and so forth. And it's not like it's the first time they've been there. But we don't get to see that firsthand here. But we do get to experience some little peaks and snippets as as the team lets out their secrets to let us know. But how are these teams going to race without the traditional buildup and the and the being able to to compete each other along the way? Because COVID's really changed things.
11: Yeah, I mean you've seen it with uh, GP, Larry Ellison's you know sailing um, sort of Grand Prix, I guess is the best way to call it, which had to shut down. Um, you know, and a lot of these sailors would be bouncing in and out. A lot of these sailors would have gone to the Olympics this summer and competed there, and they couldn't do that. So it's going to be interesting to, to see, you know, sort of this effect that COVID has had on, on the windup and, and people's skills, and it, it, it's tough. You have sailors who, you know, were ready to bounce the, the, the Olympics and go race the Olympics for their country and then come back to the Cup, and they couldn't do that. So I, I think there's uh, going to be a, a lot of pent-up, Desire and a lot of pent up interest. I mean, I think you saw that when the Premier League kicked back off in England. I mean, their ratings were through the roof because people were like, thank God, we're finally watching, watching football again. And I think you're going to see a a, a pretty hard push up, uh, especially since there was no Olympics. Once once the Cup starts racing, I think they're going to get a lot of attention.
10: That's Christopher Kane in our studios in San Francisco, one of our friends and sailing aficionados. And uh, Christopher, thanks for joining us once again. We appreciate it. Of course. And uh, Karen Lyle, uh, salesporttalk.com. That's the website. Anything else? Uh, we, you you want to throw it in one more time where to go for all the pictures and videos and stuff? Yes.
6: Yeah, so there's we, what we've done is we've put a QRC code up on the on the homepage, salesporttalk.com. And uh, if you – either click on the read more and get the link or do the QRC that's gonna take you to a photo album of pictures that Christopher Kane took at the America's Cup in San Francisco, which is one of the reasons he knows so much about this, um, uh, is because he was on the boats actually taking pictures for the New York Times and Huffington Post. But also we added the video that we talked about in this episode there. And so you can click on that and watch that seventeenth and eighteenth race. Yeah, watch and, that, and that first pre
11: start. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Very good. Christopher Kane, Karen Lyle,
10: thank you both so much. I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a quick break and come on back on Sports Byline USA.
8: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California Blue Goo a try. Call one 330 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is one 330 If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select Big Five stores near you.
13: Where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? Right.
12: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I
9: find him very intoxicating.
10: Oh, so intoxicating. Yes, a uh, first hour there, a little uh, sailing, as we always like to bring you on a Tuesday. In the first hour, we still have two more hours to go. We'll talk a little hockey with Bruce Marshall in the third hour. Also, comedian Scout Durwood will join us as well. Second hour here coming up wide open to your calls. You know, Peter, the caller from San Francisco, uh, the Englishman, I believe. And uh, it's nice to hear from him. uh, Wondering about what people will go to New Zealand to check it out. I think you would go to New Zealand to check it out to just be a part of the The feeling, the hype, the vibe going through, the excitement in Auckland. I remember I met a girl in college and she said she was from Oakland and I was like, me too, and she said, Oakland, New Zealand. I didn't realize you say that. We say Auckland over here, (laughs) but anyway, you, you see the hype because when it was here in San Francisco, the America's Cup, they built this big, beautiful wharf. I don't know what they're doing with it, but the two things that were, that was about as close as you were ever gonna get and you still couldn't see a dang thing, in my opinion. Um, unless you know what to look at. And the other thing is, and this is the problem with every America's Cup I've seen from helicopter, and now I guess drone, I don't know who's winning. With Usain Bolt, I know who's winning. And so this is why I'm trying to learn, because people who know sailing, they do know who's winning. So it'd be cool if I could pick up that tidbit to why you would tack, or not to tack, or not to tack. I think that was the bard of Avon who said that. All right, as I said, we have another two hours together, and I'd love to hear from you. The toll-free line, 1-800-878-7529. Take a quick news break. You can skip it, but come on back and let's talk some sports.
0: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
16: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy.
9: I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
10: Hey, welcome back to the show, and it's nice to have you with us. What's going on in your sporting world. We're here for you. That's right. 1-800-878-P-L-A-Y. You, ain't got that well about you ugly girl. You ugly, 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 ugly. So, 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 so ugly. Well, That's not very nice, is it? But we are here to talk sports. So um, feel free to get in at any point at 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529 to get in and let everyone know what's uh, what you have to think about things. Because that's what really matters, right? You. It's all about you. So selfish. All right. Also, um, if you want to write me an email, it's rick at sportsbyline.com. <clears throat> Which, uh, unfortunately, the email we have here at Sports Byline, it doesn't go to my phone so i have to like go on the web on my phone and look at it which means sometimes i go three four days without looking at it because i forget (laughs) i know no excuses (laughs) but if you do write me an email hopefully at some point i will see it i'm not writing you now man all right video game review of course you can uh, win a game by writing to me my email as i check right now i see uh a couple of people there uh, trying to win the video game there. Yeah, one of them being uh, Patrick using uh, listening on the American Forces Radio Network um, in Japan. And there are times I realize that my shows, when they're rerun, they come in. Because I get these weird emails for the video game review because they're being aired at different times. And every once in a while, I'll hear myself on my own show before my show. So whenever you're listening... Uh, It's uh, great to uh, have you with us. We really do appreciate it. And we're on the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app, all that great stuff. Stitching you around one way or another. And um, we can uh, hear you stream through sportsbyline.com, not just to write me an email. And on your TV set, CRN Digital Plus 2, Cable Radio Network Channel 2. That's right. Why not listen to me? There's a big picture of me up close. You can see the pores on my nose. It's really gross. All right, the wide open hour. Come on.
9: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness.
8: 800-754-4531. 426 2301. Hour two of Titillating Sports. You thought it couldn't get
10: any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better. But it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk. Yes. Hour two of titillating sports.
7: Hey, check out Channel 9. Check out Rick Tittle.
10: Check me out. What you got? 1-800-878-PLAY. You know, with the NBA starting back up again. There are a lot of people saying, you know, hey, this is smart, it's not smart, blah, blah, blah. Well, Listen, they're gonna do it. So saying, ah, it's not smart, okay, we hear you. And you're probably right. You're probably right. You know, I noticed in football, you know, when we had JJ Watts saying, I'm not wearing a visor. I did see a visor that was made by Oakley. So it's probably only, you know, $300 each, not kidding. But Oakley's made this visor for your face mask that looks like there's holes so you can talk through them. Doesn't that mean you can spit through them? But whatever. Whether it's smart or not smart, the NBA is coming back. And the six-phase plan is now in phase three. And then... Uh, phase four um, is going to be the actual resumption of play. The thirtieth, phase five, uh, plan. Phase the six with the playoffs. But I saw an article by Brad Botkin, he's an NBA writer, talking about all the things that that teams have to lose, and it's like the oh the Bucks. The Bucks only have Giannis for this season and next, which means they only have two chances to win a title unless they sign him. Uh, this is, this is going to be terrible for them. And I'm thinking, well, what if they win? <laughs> it won't be terrible. Um, you look at the, the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And they can become free agents after next summer. And being that they're both from Southern California and pulled out all the stops to manipulate their way back home, you think they'd be a good bet to restay and re-sign in Los Angeles. But you don't know. Ever. So did you trade away the kind of assets that the Clippers did for short-term superstar guarantees? I don't know. The Rockets... Um, when you think about having James Harden still in his prime, some people will say, you got to get it done now. And Russell Westbrook wasn't playing the greatest basketball for his career. Now, of course he has coronavirus and he says he feels okay. So hopefully he'll be able to get over that and rejoin his team soon. But I mean, the, the conditions right now and the circumstances you can say are a breeding ground for dark horses. Well, yes, nothing is conventional right now but the Rockets as the sixth seed I mean you're probably going to have to at some point go up against the Lakers and the Clips do you like them at that point it's been so long since I talked about the NBA it feels like it was forever because it kind of was but the Sixers Botkin says have the most to lose of any team in Orlando because a first round exit against the Celtics the fading hope that Simmons and Embiid can build a championship together. What, what fading hope? Those guys are so young, especially Simmons. Now, I know there's rumors that Brett Brown is going to get the axe if the Sixers lay an egg. And then if they want to scapegoat one of the players, they can, which will be the benefit of the NBA team that ends up with either one of those guys I mentioned. But... Maybe they gotta make a real run here. The whiz. <laughs> the one thing about the whiz is that they'll preserve their lottery slot if they don't get in. And often would be that they would get a top ten pick. But if on the other hand, if they close within four games of the eighth seed and then they win in the playing series with the Nets or the Magic, they'll fall out of the lottery. Look, I, I don't I, I don't agree with Botkin there. Look, you have a chance to win a championship, and I know it's not a great chance, but what are you going to get in that draft? Are you going to get a savior? Is there a Zion, and you're going to get the number one overall pick? Maybe. I, it just it doesn't look like it. Um, I remember the idea to make everybody feel included was, let's bring the Warriors and everybody else down there to work out. It's like, no. I'm getting on a plane. I won't be able too loud to play. And so the whole thing is like, oh, the NBA teams next year will be more ready than us. No, no, they'll be more tired. Get ready on your own. And I just think about the 2017 draft class too, because the first round class, um, one year from the five year designated rookie extension, which is worth 25% of the cap, by the way, which means there are some players in lines for a massive extension After the season would be Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Darren Fox, Baum Adebayo. But what's funny, too, is that Tatum has a chance to be eligible for 30% of the cap with the Rose Rule. That would mean if he was all NBA first or second team. Mitchell will get a max extension. There's no doubt about that in Utah, especially with Gordon Hayward money gone. Fox will probably get a max in Sacramento. I don't think they have any other choice, but out of bio, the heat are pinching their pennies because they think they're going to get Giannis after the 2021 season. Look, haven't the Knicks shown that you don't put all your chickens in the same kazoo, <laughs> whatever it is. You, you just, you just don't do it. But I mean, you look at guys who are going to sign their first post-rookie deals next year um, who aren't going to get max offers like Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, Zach Collins, stuff like that. But I think when you want to talk about you know, who has the most to gain, who has the most to lose, I think that you could actually make a case that if LeBron wins this one, that could actually be... One of his greatest feats of all time. I mean, uh, Giannis himself said, this is going to be brutal. It's going to be the toughest championship you could ever win. Now, none of us know that yet because we've never done this. And it sounds kind of dumb when you think about it because you didn't play the whole season. So how could it be that tough? But think about all the creature comforts that are gone and staying at home and staying with... Your loved ones and, you know, coming into the same arena like Jordan did. And there's his crew of security guards and hanging out and pitching pennies and all the things that keep you comfortable and keep you loose. Giannis does have a point with that. You literally can't walk across the street to get food or you are kicked out of the league for 10 days. That's a fact. So. You know, as I said, on the one hand, we'd be like, this is the toughest one ever. Uh, no. Well, Giannis might have a point. He could. And you look at Avery Bradley, who has opted out, which is a huge loss for the Lakers, who, I mean, that's a pretty good two-way player. And he was a, really a, a fixture in Frank Vogel's um, lineup. I mean, it would be LeBron, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, Danny Green, and and Bradley. And Bradley, as a defensive player, is excellent as well. And then you look into the loss of Rajon Rondo, who got hurt in practice. And look, you could say, look, on paper, do they need Rondo? When the second team was on the floor, he led the second team. So... Eh, you could say, well, that's what Quinn Cook did or you know, Ian Clark did for the Warriors. It's still a loss. And that what that means is it's still going to put more on LeBron's shoulders uh, as well. I want to get into it. I want to hear from you. And is this going to be weaker? Is it going to be stronger, better, worse? Whatever's going on. 1-800-878-PLAY. Lines are available. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sportsline.
8: That's 877-360-0402.
17: Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equals healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov/sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration.
5: Oh, come now! Don't be ashamed.
11: We all have our idiosyncrasies.
17: You would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
10: I would clown you. What is going on? Great to have you with us. 1 800 878 Play is the number to call uh, once again to participate and uh, whatever you want to talk about football, basketball, baseball, all that good stuff as well. We're talking a little uh, basketball right now. And um, talking about the LeBron situation if he was to win. I mean, it's just, we, we, I think we take it for granted. Like we kind of took Jordan for granted. Not that we didn't know Jordan was great at the time, but then Jordan's career is over and we're like, Oh my gosh, he was so good. We're, we're going to do that with LeBron. Not as much as Jordan, obviously, but a lot. And you think about the things that go into the lore about Jordan. And that was, remember the flu game, the mental versus the physical limits of his skills against the desire to win that was unmatchable in sports. It's just iconic, right? It captured the country's imagination in part because it was easy to grasp. We all know what it feels like to be sick and have to go to work. And of course, Jordan's job is a million times harder than most of our jobs, but we could see I mean, for a lot of us, being sick and going to school was a triumph. Sitting in class, getting on the bus, walking home, whatever it was. But I'm not saying that this playoff is LeBron's flu game, but it will add to the lore if he can bring a championship to Los Angeles. And especially the way things started off in L.A., if you think about last year and how things went a little bit south and then he opted out of a lot of games even though they weren't going to make the playoffs he was still opting out and then there was one time when he was out late at a recording studio remember he's got um, making movies and things and some of the fans are like wait i thought what are you doing out there so late so it wasn't like an inquest but some fans had an eyebrow raised, like, how are you, do you really want to bring a championship to Los Angeles? If you know LeBron, you know that he's a competitor. I just, from going to uh, a few NBA finals over the last few years at the Oakland Coliseum, and especially that first one in 2015, LeBron would get the ball. Um, somebody would inbound it to him as a point forward he would dribble up the court he'd probably pass the ball out to a Delavidova or Terry Shumpert or Iman Shumpert I should say they pass it right back to him now he's at the top of the key dribbling low turning around backing you down backing you down here he comes down the lane down the lane in the paint shoulder drop whatever turns lays it in and they put uh, Draymond Green, they put Andre Iguodala, they put uh, David Lee, they put um, um, What's-His-Face, Andrew Bogut. They tried all different guys, and you just knew it was going to happen. He was unstoppable. And then, if for some reason you were able to set up something where the shot clock's running down... And he would just drain a three. I mean, he was and is the most, one of the most dominant players I've ever seen. This is in an NBA finals. Just by far, now you wouldn't say the best player on the court? Well, yeah, overall he was. Best shooter, Steph Curry. And luckily, the Warriors were able to win that series. I think about Schumpert's last second shot that went back iron in game one. That was scary. You remember the Warriors won Game One barely, and then they lost the next two. The Warriors were down two-one in that series in Cleveland, and I'm thinking, you know, I, maybe this, maybe LeBron—that's that's, that's a, a task too tall for them. We didn't know because they had never done it—not since 1975. Different guys. So this would be a real notch in the belt for LeBron's greatness. It's going to require, obviously, mental and physical fortitude, as with anyone else. You got to press through all the stresses that never have accompanied an NBA championship run ever. And not only will this play out over the marathon of the season, and really, it's not even a sprint. Like baseball is saying a sprint, baseball is the only sport in existence that would say 60 games is a sprint. <laughs> Because you're taking off 102. But there are trapdoors everywhere in Orlando. And not just Bradley and Rondo's absences, but we don't know what teams are going to miss that rhythm and how the comfort, or I should say lack thereof, will affect certain guys. We don't know um, which guys will test positive during. The restart for COVID 19, how it's going to alter any team or a series itself. What if, right as the Lakers are, you know, game, they're going into game three with whomever in the West, it's 1 1 and Anthony Davis is out? How does that affect things? Don't write the Lakers off. We've seen what LeBron can do. And remember when he lost Kyrie and he lost Kevin Love. It's uh, he's still very formidable. So, I mean, the 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 Sixers. Before the shutdown, what was their record at home? They were twenty nine and two. Are they now less dangerous because they're not at home? I don't know. (laughs) I think one of the funnier things I've seen is that the. There are some Houston fans who say, oh, good, no home games, no pressure of the crowd. I, what are you, in Madison Square Garden? They have the, are the Houston fans so fed up that their own team doesn't want to play in front of them? Remember when they went against the Warriors 0 for 27 from three-point land? Which is ridiculous. I mean, you put me and Dominic on a court, we're not going to go 0 for 27, and I know that's not in the heat of a battle with a six-foot-nine guy putting his hand in our face. But the fans remember that stuff. So the, the list of stumbling blocks and hurdles are, are, are there. But still, the Lakers are going to be favored. I mean, if you look at um, a Portland, Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins, let's say Lakers Blazers. The Blazers shouldn't even get there. But what about a young Grizzlies teams? Let's say they get the eighth seed. What, what if Zion gets in? As I said, in normal times, pff, Portland, New Orleans, Memphis, no big problem. But as I said, you could have a guy, well, he needs 10 days. Why? He tested, Oh, he did? But here's the thing. LeBron has had that crown on his head many times. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it feels like to not get that crown many times. The guy is in the NBA Finals every year. Remember last year was the first year in, what, eight or nine that he had not been in the Finals? I mean, it's amazing. The guy literally plays 100 competitive games a year, and he's still amazing. I, you can not like LeBron for whatever reason. Maybe you just don't like the guy. Maybe you don't like him because he's politically active. Maybe you don't like him because he's a rival. But I've never understood anyone who says LeBron is overrated or he somehow sucks. He doesn't. Now, is he going to eat an entire spiked pizza by himself in Salt Lake City like Jordan did? Probably not. But you're going to have more than a month to win it all. LeBron has to dodge the virus. He has to stay healthy. He has to keep building on what he methodically built. Well, and Rob Polenka and Frank Vogel over the regular season. You know, you got to plow ahead now with a backup point guard and uh, without his best 3 and D teammate. He's got to avoid the other teammates who go down to injury or infection. He's got to hope that the Clippers time off hasn't fixed all the health issues issues that they had. And so even with this season having an asterisk, it's going to be going through a, a virtual minefield. Mental toughness has to be corralled. You have to have the patience of Job. You have to avoid bad luck. Oh yeah. And play basketball. (laughs) So if LeBron wins this one, people are, you know, of course, so disgusted with everything that's, that's going on with the coronavirus and shutting things down and you know, it, it looked like we were opening things back up. And wow, that lasted a long time. Oh, no, no. Lasted is past tense. It's lasting. It's still going on. It's still going on. So a comedian, uh, Jason Cantor, said he had a friend with the CDC who texted him and said, we feel very strongly we'll have a vaccine in early 2022. And Cantor said, I started crying. And then he texted back, I meant 2021. And he's like, okay. <laughs> That was the whole thing they're supposed to like okay we figured out the math in this virus we have the vaccine that was like two weeks in but now they got to test it to make sure you don't grow a third arm out of your back of your head these are the things that they got to test on prisoners no i'm just kidding but anyway there, there there's going to be an asterisk there should be uh should be but on the other hand if lebron is able to pull this off it's just going to add to his lore, I would not discount this, like Giannis said. I'm Rick Tittle, come on back on Sports file.
7: Breakers to broken windows, to leaky pipes, roofs, and water heaters. Homes and businesses around the country can't work until the pros do. That's why Lowe's created credit programs that work for pros. With every day 5% savings on eligible purchases, plus through October 31st, 60 days promotional financing on your Lowe's business account or extended terms on eligible account receivables. Learn more in-store or online at lowesforpros.com. Putting money back in your pocket. Just one more reason Lowe's is the new home for pros. Subject to credit approval U.S. only.
0: tired of the same old hat coveragegear.com is the top destination to find the hats and gear you need to represent your favorite pro teams and players head to coveragegear.com with the promo code radio and grab a cap with the iconic jersey number of the all-time greats and current stars from the nba nfl mlb and more these classic hats come in the font and style of the superstars team so with a number 30 from golden state number two from the yankees number 23 from the bulls or a number 12 from the packers coveragegear.com will help you honor the legends of yesterday and today check out our collection of dad hats trucker caps beanies stickers and more use promo code radio and get 20 percent off that's promo code radio at coveragegear.com coveragegear.com we've got you covered Between jobs, retiring, or just
7: need health or life insurance, please visit myhealth-quotes.com or call 833-687-5261. Before you try to get a quote online, call us. We will provide you with the information most sites will not. We teach you exactly what life or health insurance plan you qualify for, how to use your plan, and maximize your benefits. We provide you with the information to make a knowledge-based decision to ensure selecting the right plan. myhealth-quotes.com to schedule an appointment.
8: As Goch brings it in, Sharks get it out, here's a
0: breakaway, Patrick Marleau, scores!
9: cares about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio?
3: Oh,
10: thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Coast to coast around the world. Rick Tittle with you on Sports Byline. And uh, usually on Tuesdays, we check in with our friend Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet down in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we talk a little NHL hockey, which is finally set to return. We got our playoff schedules. We kind of knew what the matchups would be. But... Um, when you think about Bruce committing to, if you win the whole thing, you're going to be away from your family for about six weeks and be in the bubble. We've already seen two guys accidentally leave the bubble down in Orlando with the NBA, which means they now have a 10 day quarantine. Is it, uh, you think about the Eastern hub in Toronto and the Western hub in Edmonton. Do you think they'll be able to pull us off without a few glitches? Can we keep every guy in the bubble?
18: The NHL does have, uh, the protocols are set up, and they're pretty specific on, you know, what would happen, you know, and and they don't want these guys leaving their uh, prescribed bubbles there, so we will see. I would guess, just human nature, there might be a couple of instances, but uh, the NHL has done all it can do here to try to get this thing going, so um, applaud them for it, I'd like Uh, you know, compared to the NBA with how they're starting it with the, you know, the regular season still to be completed. I much prefer the way the NHL's doing it. They're going right into the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I guess, being that, you know, way that long from the families, but uh, this is just what the times dictate here, and uh, um, they got back to camp uh, yesterday, and most teams, there's a few reports of some uh, virus cases out there, but Uh, it seems like they have a chance to pull this thing off. So we will watch with great interest over the next 18 days before the actual first puck is dropped.
10: Over the weekend, we had our first NHL player to opt out. We've had several of those in baseball. Biggest name, probably Buster Posey. We've had a few in basketball. But Travis Harmonic of the Flames is out. He says it's because of concerns over his daughter, who uh, is just a year old, and last year she had a respiratory illness. So, I mean, that to me is kind of a no-brainer right there.
18: Yeah, and they might have a few others coming up here. I mean, there may be a few players who are more uh, uh, predisposed to to, uh, to negative effects of this thing and maybe be uh, more at risk of getting really sick. So there might be a few more of those. Uh, but as far as the rosters go, one other thing about this four-and-a-half-month break, Rick, is that uh, some of the guys who were injured uh, in March, you know, they've had time to heal. And uh, so for the most part, we'll see, you know, pretty healthy teams in there. And there's some uh, new guys who have signed, and we'll see if these guys are actually going to be able to play or not. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, the, the the injuries that were there in March have been allowed to heal. So we should get a pretty good representation i think even if a few guys do have to sit out it's still going to be the rosters are going to look in a healthier uh, state than they were back in march
10: um off the ice here for a sec we saw that after all these years the name redskins is finally going to change and that's not because of protests it has to do with the bottom line and pepsi and fedex and amazon and dicks and everyone else that was going to have them lose money. So a lot of people are looking around. They look at the Cleveland Indians. The Indians say, well, think about it. The Atlanta Braves say, we're not going to change. But the, we're talking hockey here. So obviously, you think about the Chicago Blackhawks, who have a big Native American head on there. And I'll just read you, this is just a brief little blurb I'll read you from the Chicago Sun-Times that was printed full page by the Blackhawks. And they say, quote, the Chicago Blackhawks name and logo symbolizes an important and historic person, Black Hawk of Illinois' Sac and Fox Nation, whose leadership in life has inspired generations of Native Americans, veterans, and the public. We celebrate Black Hawk's legacy by offering ongoing reverent examples of Native American culture, traditions, and contributions, providing a platform for genuine dialogue with local and national Native American groups, as the team's popularity grew over the past decade so did that platform and our work with these important organizations we recognize there is a fine line between respect and disrespect and we commend other teams for their willingness to engage in that conversation moving forward we are committed to raising the bar even higher to expand awareness of awareness of black hawk and the important contributions of all native american people we will continue to serve as stewards of our name and identity and we'll do so with the commitment to evolve. Our endeavors in this area have been sincere and multifaceted. And the path forward will draw on that experience to grow as an organization and expand our efforts. End quote. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on that because it's just like my high school. Um, we were the chieftains and we also had a big Native American head. And, and, you know, as a white guy, I looked at it with great reverence and respect and strength. But if those people feel offended, I'm not going to tell them. To not be offended. So what the Blackhawks are saying here is, look, this is not disrespectful. This honors the guy, and we're not changing our logo or our name. Your thoughts? Because in 2020, Bruce, sometimes there's loss of nuance. You're either good or bad, which is, <laughs> which is hard to do.
18: No, good for the Blackhawks. I mean, they uh, they that sounded fine to me, and I mean, not everybody's going to agree with everything, but it's good enough. But for me, and I think most vast majority of people think that's fine. Um, the the danger is if you're going uh, uh, to be to uh, be I'm going to be careful. I say this, but to get there, there's more danger to be coerced into something because it doesn't stop. And and uh, the Blackhawks have done, you know, it, it, take them at their word for it. I think it's it's uh, it's fine what they've done, and uh, uh, the vast majority of people find it uh, okay and uh, it is a it is a striking uh, uniform a striking logo and I accept what the Blackhawks say or are they
10: I remember I was being with Bruce Marshall by the way of the gold sheet in Vegas talking a little NHL I remember in college when um, uh, Gretzky had gone to the Kings and so, and they changed their colors from Laker colors to Raider colors and everybody was on board and I thought, well, maybe I'll root for the Kings because they're the only California team, but there's something about rooting for an LA team that just soured with me. And I was in a sporting goods store and I saw a Blackhawks shirt and I just bought that because I thought it was a cool shirt. And I was surprised at how many people would like stop me on the street. And ask about it. It is one of the more iconic logos in in sports.
18: It is. And about just the uniform design, too, the red and the black and the white. It's one of the best uniforms. By the way, the, the Kings, i that also the Bruce McNall era, uh, I wish they'd go back to the old the Laker colors. Uh, which, by the way, is an interesting note. When the Lakers and Kings switched, that was the Kings' expansion in '67, '68, both on by Jack King Cook. Cooke. Um, it was more a nod then to their corporate sponsor, which was uh, Atlantic Richfield or Richfield, which was the gas line in the West, and that was their colors. And the whole, there was a whole thing. And remember, those were Richfield colors. Um, and the Kings have have had some very garish combinations in recent years. They've tried to reintroduce purple, along with the black and white. And only on occasion do they wear the old. Gold and uh the, you know, four and blue and gold they used to call it, but uh purple and gold, which I think is a great combination. I wish they would bring that back. Um we could have a whole discussion on uniforms sometimes, Rick. I've written stories about that before. <laughs> but the Blackhawks don't write up that's one of the best best color combinations. The Kings, on the other hand, I think one of the worst, unless they go back to the old one.
10: Yeah, the old Jimmy Carson with the crown on it. Yeah, those are the old days. Um You know, I was talking in the previous segment about how in the NBA there's going to be an asterisk like every sport this season. Um, And I was thinking about, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo said this will be the hardest title to win. And I was thinking about that because at first we're thinking, nah. But if you think about all the, the comforts you have of being at home in your own stadium and, you know, you're locked inside this hotel bubble you literally, We saw a guy, Rashawn Holmes, walk across the street to get food. Now he's stuck 10 days in quarantine. If you think about it and you think about going to these hubs in Edmonton uh, for the duration and at least in the East for Toronto, do you think this would be, when all is said and done, one of the more rare accomplishments? Like, we should maybe hold this title in higher regard than a normal season? Maybe,
18: Rick. Um... You know, you make a point there. I mean, to win this thing is going to be quite an accomplishment. I and mean, it always is to win the Stanley Cup. But, I mean, this will be different. But I think in the end, though, it will – and maybe it'll have an asterisk – but um, it will be a, a Canada's Stanley Cup champion. And it's just adjusting to what 2020 had to offer this year. Just this is what you had to do in 2020 to make it done to get it done. I mean, there, there have been some other instances in, uh, uh pro sports, um, uh, you know, pro football, 82, pro football, 87, both the old Redskins won both of those, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. baseball in 81. I mean, hockey, when it came back, what 90, uh, you no, know, whichever year it was, it came back after, uh, they didn't play a full season. Um, but he, 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 that sort of tends to blur after time. And you just remember who won the championship. And if they have a championship series, this will be odd because of, you know, the neutral venues and all that. But if they can actually get through this thing, Rick, I think it'd be a tremendous feather in the cap of the NHL or the NBA, if they get through it too. And major league baseball actually pull this thing off. We have seen it done in Europe, Rick. We've seen these soccer leagues finish their seasons or Germany finish. And they're getting close in Spain and they're moving forward in England and In Italy, and I think that's very encouraging. If you got to play these games without fans, you're you're dealing with the situation and finding a way to get it done. So I applaud all those leagues in Europe, and I hope we can do the same about these leagues: NHL, NBA, baseball, and hopefully football in the fall here in the states.
10: All right, well said. Goldsheet.com. What's cooking?
18: Well, I put some best of things up there. You know, we're still kind of waiting, like everybody else, for football. Uh, to come up, but uh, we will have some uh, hockey and baseball and basketball in a couple of weeks, so we'll be probably putting some picks up there when those things come, and in the meantime, i got some picks up there, soccer, every day at the VegasInsider.com.
10: And then finally, Vegas, when you want to play roulette, um, do they spray down your chip? they spray down the dice at the craps table? How's that going?
18: <laughs> I think so, Rick. They're do. I haven't been in the casinos too much. And I'm certainly not betting Ukrainian table tennis. Uh, uh, which
10: is- <laughs> yeah, it's on the tape.
11: <laughs> <laughs>
18: One of the things I offer. But they're apparently doing what they can here to keep it as safe as they can. They're limiting people in there, and they're, they're trying. They're trying to keep it safe and try to keep it going as much as they can.
10: All right. Great stuff from Bruce Marshall, goldsheet.com. Check it out for all your prognostication knowledge. Bruce, thanks a lot, man. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Okay, Ricky. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Byline USA.
17: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
10: Jeez Louise. All right. uh, Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Um, You might remember Country Joe West. He's the uh, very uh, recognizable longtime Major League Baseball umpire. He's got a country album. Well... (laughs) There's been some distancing from the league and him after some comments he made. He's 67 year old, and they were talking about him being a high risk individual. And he told The Athletic yesterday, if this game hasn't gotten me by now, no virus is going to get me. I've weathered a bunch of storms in my life. I'll weather another one. He said, according to our doctors, you're a high risk. I said, look, most of these people that they're reporting are dying are not healthy to begin with. I've lost 25 pounds over the winter. I'm playing golf every day in the heat. I'm fine. I'm not going to back down now. And here's the part that's gotten them in trouble. Quote, I don't believe in my heart that all these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. I said, I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work and I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt, whatever. I'm working. So then when people said, are you sure that you want to say it like that? Because the union wrote recent public comments about the current coronavirus pandemic do not in any way reflect the positions of the Major League Bump umpires union. Our nation and the world has suffered greatly from this deadly virus in the midst of continuing suffering umpires are attempting to do our part to bring the great game of baseball back onto the field into the homes of fans everywhere. By the way, the umpires, a 30% cut in pay. What the hell? 30%. They're getting paid like 70% of the season is going to be going on. That is bunk! All right, come on back.
0: Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
16: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
9: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon. Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
10: Welcome back to the show. I am Rick Tittle, hour three for you. couple of guests coming up. We got uh, comedian, singer out Durwood also in about a half hour we're going to have Chris Vance he's doing a project with the great Quincy Jones so that would be a musical interlude for us um, just as I'm talking about country Joe West I'm seeing an announcement here in the last hour that 11 major league baseball empires have exercised their right to opt out of the season I like how they put opt-out or otherwise decided not to participate in season. Okay, redundant. That's a rather large number of umpires in the context of the league's typical overall roster. Because the list is about 90 umps in all, which I wouldn't even think would be that much. So it's more than 10%, obviously. The league... Uh, said they would have 19 crews. 19 crews would be 76 umps with the rest in reserves. So now they're going to more reserves. There won't be any shortage of that. There are countless umpires around the country that would love to get a shot. But uh, it's a significant loss of experience, uh, but I'm not going to cry about it. It's not the type of thing where I'm like Golden Tate saying, please bring back the real umps. Now his point was uh, referees, <laughs> but... You know, I remember uh, John Baker telling me the story about how one of uh, their veteran pitchers in spring training on his team came in wearing number 98, and I forgot the reason why he was wearing that number, but there's a pitch right down the middle of the plate, and he's like, ball. And Fake turned around and said, ball? And he goes, he's number 98. I'm not giving him a strike on the first pitch. And he goes, oh, no, that's blah, blah. And he goes, oh, why didn't you tell me? I didn't recognize the number. Never mind. It's a strike. See, that's the kind of stuff that I hate. You know, if Wade Boggs takes a pitch, ooh, it must be a ball. But if a rookie takes a pitch, swing the bat, meet. You know, so are we going to miss him? I don't know. But I can see why they're opting out. A lot of these guys are 95 years old. 97, 99 one 800 play Big shout-out to the troops listening both home and abroad on AFN. I'm on your side. You're doing a great job. And I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
0: I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's Home Advisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use.
17: Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor.
8: 800-754-4531. That's 877-360-0402. Don't miss Lowe's Just for Pros event. Going on now. Check out Simpson Strong
7: Tie, new at Lowe's. Also get big savings on other brands you trust, like Metabo HPT. Powerful brands, new services, and pro-grade deals. All at Lowe's Just for Pros event, now through July 24th. See why we're the new home for pros. Get your choice of a Metabo HPT 18-volt brushless cordless impact driver kit or hammer drill kit for $159 was 239. Kit includes two batteries. Valid through 724. Selection varies by location.
10: All right. Yes. I'm a steal your girlfriend. That song is steal your girlfriend. And uh, the uh, singer composer is on the line with us. And uh, that is Scout Durwood. And uh, she's a comedian. She's a singer. She's an actress, a uh, uh, triple threat. Well, you know, Scout, thanks for being on the show. If I if I said pick one, could you like what are you first? The comedian, a singer? What? What is it?
16: I say comedian because I think I don't ever do anything seriously. <laughs> so anything <laughs> I'm doing, hopefully you're laughing with me, not at <laughs> me.
10: Well, and you know what? I think most people would tell you that's the hardest of, of all. Not that singing or anything else is easy, but to make people laugh that are strangers, that's the hardest thing to do, right?
16: Totally. And they say it'll be the last job um, replaced by robots, so I'm looking forward to working well <laughs> past the singularity because it's so hard.
12: <laughs>
10: no doubt about it. Um, a couple of years ago, you had your debut album, Take One Thing Off, and then that led into a web series that uh, was very, very well-received, and then that kind of got you all kickstarted, didn't it?
16: Yeah, pretty much. Everything kind of happened, um, like, both in phases and all at once, which I think is just kind of the name of the game in showbiz. So the album came out, Take One Thing Off, which had stand-up comedy as well as music on it. We did a live show, and we were like, oh, this is way better, because it kind of – the music wanted the comedy around it, so that turned into – yeah, a 22-episode digital series, also called Take One Thing Off. We got nominated for a Streaming Award for Best Indie Series, which was super hip. And then uh, the second crop of videos are rolling out um, kind of one at a time. And then the, the big narrative will come out at the end of it. So we're excited. It's been a ton of work. <laughs>
10: <laughs> no doubt. I think it's interesting, too, that you left California to go to New York and spent many years as as a top burlesque star. And I would love to know – how that's defined nowadays, because when I think of burlesque, I think about my grandpa and the Catskills and ladies <laughs> with pasties. How do we describe burlesque nowadays?
16: Awesome question. Um, burlesque is essentially, so, well, I mean, I know too much about it. Burlesque comes from a word that means to tease, burlesque, to mock. So burlesque is essentially a form of like comedic clowning that revolves around nudity. So I ended up as a burlesque MC, kind of like a cabaret singer. So I'd sing like, you know, jazz standards and like walk to the audience and make fun of people. Um, And then there would be burlesque performers. So, yeah, that's how I got my start, which was honestly a really cool way to do it, because I think that like it's such a human way to connect with people. And now that most of my work is like digital or especially, I mean, goodness knows, especially now, it was cool to have, have come from this background that was so tactile. I mean, you'd like sit in someone's lap and sing a song to them. Just because you could, we used to like eat off people's plates, like just whenever. There's no fourth law. We couldn't afford it in cabaret. It's
10: very cool. I never knew that was the definition of that word. Yeah. Um, f- for you though, you and I think about how you know dancing, com- comedy, singing, burlesque. Have you always? I mean, when were you three years old at, <laughs> at your daycare performing for everyone? It's just the urge to perform at all times.
16: This is so classic comedian. I was so shy as a kid. But if Mm. you could, like, click me over into performing mode, totally. Like, no one ever thought I would be anything other than a performer at all, at all. It was not a shock to anybody when I got involved in, like, cabaret and working in nightlife. But even now, if you catch me on the wrong day, yeah, it's so much easier to perform than to, like, chat. (laughs)
10: We're speaking, by the way, with uh, Scout Durwood and talking about uh, Steal Your Girlfriend and uh, set to release Comedy, or actually it's not now, Comedy Electronica Volume 1. I've had, mm-hmm. uh, one of the cool things about my job is that if you headline the punchline or Cobbs, you, unless you sell out, you come in and do my show, which I love because mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge comedy fan. And I've you know, interviewed a lot of female comedians and a lot of gay female comedians. So for you, what's that road been like being a a gay female comedian is it like hey if you're funny you're funny and no one cares or have you seen some
7: pushback
16: I don't think I don't think comedy in general is if you're funny you're funny for two reasons one there's no such thing as objectively funny you know what I mean like I've certainly been on lineups where like like my comedy is like I don't know it's its own thing so I don't think any if someone laughs at something it's funny and if you don't laugh at something doesn't mean it's not funny I do think that comedy industry in general, you have a different experience being a woman and being a queer woman than being not either of those things. I, I, I think it's, it's yeah, the, 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 like, the, like, tried and true paths to success favor a certain kind of comedian, and those are comedians who've been doing, like, those are dude comedians. That's who's been doing it longer. We weren't allowed to be funny. Also, I think when you're anything outside of the norm, you have to play a little bit of, like, you have to play a little bit of defense when you get on stage and kind of go like, all right, guys, I'm a woman, I'm going to be funny, and I'm a lesbian, I'm going to be funny. Let's just make sure we're all okay with that, and then we can move on. But you have to call it out, whereas if you're, you know, maybe like a straight dude, you can just start telling jokes.
10: Got you. Um, I'm a lifelong Bay Area resident. My birthday is the last weekend in June, and so when we would come to San Yay. Francisco— to go to dinner, I thought, oh, they're doing a parade for me, and then I grew up yeah. and realized it was, <laughs> it was a pride parade, so with no, I don't want to say with no pride, I'm just sure there was plenty of pride, but without the parade, what did you do in June?
16: Um, protested, we, uh, <laughs> this, yeah, our, uh, Black Women Lead had a couple events, which has been really cool, and they've had, like, speakers and performers, so, yeah, it's been, it's been, like, a really, we almost postponed releasing stuff, but I think, like, we're calling these videos like a little three-minute dance break from the revolution, sort of like a little intersectional thread woven into the larger battle. But look, I think it's all good. And like, you know, equality means equality. So for example, you know, five years ago, even the fact that I was a lesbian was like, not a selling point. Maybe you didn't want to talk about it. And now it's like the coolest thing about me. Like I think the pride parade is a great example Pride's like the coolest party in town now, and it used to be like a protest for basic human rights. So that's a pretty cool evolution.
10: And, you know, as I said, a lot of us, we just need more education. We need to listen more. And one thing I noticed about you and I was looking at some of your comments, and I haven't seen this before, uh, talking about gender roles. Like in my Mm -hmm. mind, if I can say so, you're very good looking. And, but you say when you put on makeup, you consider it getting into drag. And I thought, well, that's interesting. What do you mean by that?
16: Well, I think gender performance is gender performance. Like, if you go to a gym and see, you know, men lifting weights, they're performing gender, they're performing macho. So, my point of that is like, I mean, a lot of people I know call getting like their full makeup on getting into drag. It's just performing an expectation of gender. But, like, in still your girlfriend, like the content is like what stealing a girlfriend from these three dudes well the main guy is a straight guy the other guy is a flaming homosexual man and the other performer is a non-binary person so i think all of us were like you're just it's a it's all a gender performance like gender is a performance we just don't notice it because we're socialized to do it you know what i mean
10: Mm-hmm. last question for you and that is mm-hmm. with the ball rolling on your career now what's what's next what's in the pipeline here
16: We have music videos that are going to keep rolling out for a while. We have another one coming out today called I Don't Want to Hold Your Baby. (laughs) So not quite gay, but certainly (laughs) in the the gay spirit inspired by two events. And then um, I have a a half-hour scripted show that I'm working on with a network that uh, has been been, uh, slowly running down the pipeline for a while now. So hopefully it's going to pop up and and see the light of day soon. But that's been really exciting.
10: Well, you can watch your videos on YouTube and um, tell people more about where they can find you, social media, and how they can get uh, Steal Your Girlfriend.
16: Yeah, um, everything is on – all my handles on all social media are just ScoutDurwood, D-U-R-W-O-O-D, and you can find everything there. Um, Yeah, and this – yeah, I mean, I'm super – I'm chatty. Talk to me. I'll chat back. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, (laughs) see,
10: I'm in my 50s, so I get this – do you when I say which Durwood do you like better, do you know what I'm talking about?
16: Um The whist.
10: Ah, there it is. I knew you would know.
16: Yeah. Come I on, I grew up be, on Nick at Night.
10: You either gotta be named Durwood or be my age to get that joke, right?
16: <laughs> That's true. I probably would know if I didn't have to.
10: There she is, the highly talented triple threat, quadruple threat, scout Durwood. Steal Your Girlfriend, which we'll hear more of on the way out. Scout, great to have you. If you're ever in uh, San Francisco when this is all over, we'd love to have you in studio.
16: I'd love to. Thanks so much.
10: All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports
16: Byline.
7: 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California Blue Goo a try, call one 330 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is one 888 330 If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select Big Five stores near you. Matthew.
16: Uh, oh, sorry. It's okay. I just
1: need
16: you to listen to me.
1: I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you, and what you say really does matter to me.
9: I mean, let's be honest, no kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's
12: because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead.
1: Thanks, Mom, for never giving up and always being my biggest fan.
9: Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking.
3: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
8: I joined the Army because my father and my brother were in the Army thought I'd better join before I got drafted. Son, uh, there ain't no draft no more.
7: There was one?
9: goes commando
10: thank you and welcome back to the show one 800 A we'll talk to chris vance who's working on a musical project with quincy jones coming up in the next segment email bag rick at sportsbiling.com this email is from jeremy <clears throat> said rick you said the heat are trying to get Giannis in a year I had not heard that one yet what are the warriors chances we don't know I mean, hopefully they're okay, but you know they'd have to give up Clay. Um, we'll see because the money has to match up, which I would do. I think we got three rings out of Clay, and you can get more rings out of Giannis. But you know, I just remember with Durant last year, and everybody from Rick Buecher, my old colleague, and Ethan Sherwood, Strauss, saying that he's going to the Knicks for sure. And the Knicks thought they were getting Zion. Even though they were only one of three teams with a 14% chance to get that first ball, which new Orleans got. Um, and now, I mean, look at the Knicks. Now they have two max salary spl- uh, spots. That'll open up next in uh, the summer of 2021. When Giannis does hit the market. And how do they have these max spots? <clears throat> well, they're dealing with the leftover of failing to get Durant and failing to get Kyrie Irving or anybody. So the Knicks, who were certain, so certain to get Durant, that James Dolan himself, the owner, he was basically saying it was a done deal. And saying the Knicks are word This was the quote on the Michael K. show. New York is the mecca of basketball, and we hear it from people all the time, from players, representatives, about who wants to come. I can tell you from what we heard, we're going to have a very successful offseason when it comes to free agents. End quote. The message was clear. He was the guy. They were getting him. Irving would follow. The groundwork was laid into place, and all the Knicks had to do was plug in the pieces. It was going to be as simple as that. But! But as it turned out, the logic was two-thirds founded. Durant and Irving did team up, and they did want to do it in the New York area, but they did it in a different borough in Brooklyn. (laughs) And they did it within hours of the free agency period opening up. And if you think about it, though, and this goes back to LeBron again, Do you remember 10 years ago that the Knicks were getting LeBron in 2010? You remember? Do you? The hype about LeBron to the Knicks started very early. And it was the same scenario. LeBron always wore a New York Yankees hat to Indians games. And then when the Indians got in the World Series with the Cubs, he wore an Indians hat. I would tell him to take it off. Once again, switching teams. But the prevailing thought was that LeBron would leave Cleveland and the Knicks were positioned at that time with two max salary spots. That was it. And Madison Avenue would build around him and the ads and all the hype and all that cap space. They had emptied it out. And CC Sabathia was Sabathia had gone to the Yankees and he was in the front row of a lot of the games of the Garden. And he was fueling the rumors because they said, oh, they're friends from their time when Sabathia was with the Indians. He's good. That's why he's coming. And it's like Sabathia signed with the Yankees. But. Listen, <clears throat> yes, they were friends and relationships are a key dynamic and LeBron's recruitment also. He wants to play with his buddies, who doesn't? And he did play with his buddies. His buddy was Dwayne Wade, and to a lesser extent, Chris Bosh. And if you think about, they thought they would bring in um, Amari Stoudemire. They didn't talk about Carmelo Anthony too much back then. But if he did sign with the Knicks, And then Carmelo requested a trade from Denver. You could have had a big three with Dwayne Wade signing as a free agent in New York. But the talk of the big three in Miami was coming to a possibility because by then, right at the end of the season, once Dwayne Wade was going to stay in Miami, that the Knicks started being seen as a bit of an underdog. And it was the daily deflection of speculation that he might leave just as Durant did through the through last year in, in Golden State, which he hated, by the way. Durant, to me, is a, a nice guy. He really is. I don't think he has a mean bone in his body. He's like a kid in some ways. He's just very simple. You know, like his his Twitter is I chill and I do me something like that. He's just a very simple guy, which I like. It's nice, but he got sick of it and he told the press to grow up. But when you think about LeBron, and they started thinking about how he would fit into Mike D'Antoni's system at the Garden, and LeBron's ability and the way he passes the ball, and then you got Stoudemire, and they're going to bring in they're going to bring in Steve Nash, and it's just part of You know, would he have thrived? Of course he would have thrived. And, you know, D'Antoni coached Stoudemire in Phoenix. They knew how good he could be. And if you could team him up with LeBron, it's kind of like what he has right now with the unibrow. Can you team those guys up? And Stoudemire committed to the Knicks $100 million because the Knicks sold him. Apparently LeBron is coming and you're going to play with LeBron. And then the Knicks traded for Anthony at the February deadline. Stoudemire was averaging 26-9. and He was looking great. Only missed one game. But that said, when Anthony eventually arrived, the Stoudemire honeymoon came to an end because Carmelo doesn't share the ball. He wants ISO, jab steps, post-ups, elbow jumpers. And Stoudemire, who was from that two-man game that he played with Nash in Phoenix, he wasn't up to it. It was a terrible match. Remember when Lynn sanity started going on? And Carmelo said, when I get healthy, it's going to end. And he did. And it did. It was ridiculous. And so then they bring in Tyson Chandler. And Amari was a center. And they, started made, him play, uh, they made him play power forward. And he hated it. So with LeBron, Amari would have stayed at five. They would have done the pick and roll. They would have done all that stuff. But with the, the Knicks thought it was going to happen, and it didn't. So then they thought they would get Wade as a wingman, and they didn't get him. The bright lights, the big city, the garden, the best player in the world. It all makes sense, right? Or not. When Steve Kerr was the hot ticket to replace Mark Jackson, I thought, why are they hiring yet another guy with no experience? I was against Steve Kerr being hired. Not that I love Mark Jackson, but at least Mark Jackson got the Warriors into the playoffs. At least Mark Jackson won the playoff series and got the Warriors to play some defense, which they hadn't done since Al Adels. But South Beach was simply more alluring to LeBron. He didn't have to deal with the press in New York. He could go with Wade. He could go with Bosch. And very important, under the leadership of the iconic Pat Riley, too. So, you know, that just about says it. The two stars were never serious about going to the Knicks, just like this last offseason. Never serious about going to the Knicks. Remember, before the Lakers traded for Unibrow, who had the best package for the trade? Remember when um, unibrow Anthony Davis was wearing his That's All Folks shirt down in New Orleans and his agent had basically burned all bridges? It was the Knicks that had the best trade package. He didn't want to go to the Knicks. So (laughs) it's weird because you think about, oh, the, the Knicks like to say the most famous arena in all sports. I've always laughed at that madison square garden is not the most famous arena in all sports that makes me laugh if you think about okay the new york rangers when messier got there okay they won a cup how long has it been since the knicks have mattered since ewing was there and they didn't even win a title for me when steph curry was dying to get drafted by the knicks it was either the kings the knicks or the warriors why would you want to be a kid from Charlotte, fly all the way to California to play for two perennial sucky teams, or you can go to Madison Square Garden? I totally get that if you're a rookie. But veterans, they've seen it. They're like, eh. It used to be everybody wanted to go to the Raiders. Now veterans are like, I don't want to go to the Raiders. They stink. Times change, baby. I guess that's my message. All right. Was that a message? I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Planet.
3: Who's watching? Who's watching? Who's watching me?
11: At O'Reilly
7: Auto Parts, will help make your auto repair, maintenance, and restoration projects easier. So when your car isn't stopping like it used to, our professional parts people will help you find the brake parts and supplies you need to do the job right the first time. Now, for a limited time, get 15% off a set of brake best pads and two rotors. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. O, oh, O, oh, O, oh, O'Reilly
3: Auto Parts.
17: What do you want to da da da? What do y'all want to da da da? i have not a da what to da da da. We could switch to progressive da. Oh yeah, we could switch to progressive and sa. Mm ka, we could sa enough to buy some za. Oh yeah, let's switch to progressive ta, da and get some za with the money we saw! Yeah. No, we know we're gonna da da da.
3: These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to progressive. It might just be the most normal thing you da ta, da da.
9: Quote da da at progressive.com.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates.
8: That's 800-403-5912. It doesn't really matter. I I don't
13: like my job,
8: and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
17: Rick Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
10: Yes, that is true, by the way. And welcome back. It's great to have you with us. one 800 play is the number to get in if you'd like to talk a little sports. And uh, when we get our guest Chris Vance on the line, we'll uh, definitely throw him on the air. An interesting comment today from Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, of course, the most valuable player in the National Football League last year. 0 for 2 in the playoffs just yet, but he's young. And he says he could not be happier for Patrick Mahomes after he signed a record-setting 10-year, $503 million deal. We will get to that. But let's bring in our guest, and that is Chris Vance. He is the CEO and founder of Playground Sessions, and he is here to talk about something that he has done with the great Quincy Jones. It's the release video of the world's largest virtual piano recital in history. People from 52 countries in unison performing. You Raise me up. Chris, thanks for being on the show. What was the genesis behind this huge project?
13: I just think with everybody, you know, being home and kids not being able to go to school, um, you know, the world, you know, collectively being in a a pretty tough spot, we wanted to do something special. And and music is so powerful and learning is so powerful, you you put the combination together and uh, something pretty special happens. And of course, uh, with Quincy Jones, you know, the man behind We Are the World, there's a lot of parallels there um, in in terms of using music uh, to heal.
10: When you think about Quincy Jones and from Frank Sinatra and studying in Paris and R&B, and it's just, I mean, there's, he's unprecedented with his resume. We don't need to go into that. He is right. arguably the greatest of all time. But for you as a guy who is a, as a pro, and, and even in something as brief as this, what did you learn from him? Because the guy is just such a font of musical knowledge.
13: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love Quincy. You know, he's a he's a co-creator of Playground Sessions. Um, you know, we we built this company together. And you know, just for, for the audience, Playground Sessions is is a way to learn uh, how to play the piano. It's an app-based approach. It's super fun, very easy for all ages. So, you know, what Quincy has is, is, is taught me um, is just you know put your don't put your name on something unless you, unless you've given it a hundred percent. And I think Quincy is has been so outstanding throughout his career because he put the work in. Uh, super passionate about music knew, knows all of the rich benefits you know um, you know that music does and produces for people so he he really instilled in us on the playground sessions team is you know to do to do things um with just the best possible quality and you know we're solving a big problem so many people around the world would love how to play you know the piano or the guitar, and you know most people fail at it. And uh, we teamed up with Quincy to to change that, and, and that took a lot of time and effort and focus, uh, and hard work. And uh, when you're driven by by music and 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 passion, it's it, you know the, the work kind of comes. But uh, I think his, his greatest talent is to just give it his all.
10: It's great. And when you talk about playground sessions and trying to teach the piano, and we've had new ways of people trying to to teach the guitar, teach foreign languages. Yep. A word that I know that you use is gamification, which yeah. is a, a word you don't hear very often, but it's basically turning it into a game with points, and of course games are designed to be fun, so that's a very interesting like an incentive, isn't it?
13: It is, and I think, you know, gamification, uh, certainly there's kind of some elements of gaming and the word game is in it, but I think the biggest thing about uh, gamification is this idea of uh, uh, to reward users, right? And um, what's really special about music is the biggest reward is learning how to play itself. So although Playground Sessions uses some of these elements of gaming, primarily we're focused on, on instilling uh, uh, ways and in, in the tools for people to bring the music that we know is um, already inside of them. So it's super easy to learn, a lot of fun uh, from day one, and most importantly, uh, you can do it. It's, it's a promise that we make. We promise, you know, with Playground Sessions, you're gonna you're gonna learn how to play the piano and, and have fun at doing it.
10: And I think too when you talk about you raised me up with fifty two countries participating, over yeah, seven thousand people yeah. doing it in these times where, you know, the the globe has gotten a lot bigger. We weren't yeah. letting Europeans in for a while and now they're not yeah. letting us in. And so yeah, yeah. it it's a way to go across these political lines which are sometimes yep. fractious and of course the the pandemic lines and there's you know, a lot of people fighting for very deserved social justice. It, it was kind of a really nice global community that I think we've been missing lately.
13: Yeah, and I think, you know, that was, that was our goal, right? And, uh, we, you know, you see uh, music be one of the few things that, that can really do that and unite people. Um, but what was really special for us is, and I said from the beginning when we had the ideas, we just didn't want another, like, recital of people coming together, although it's great right people that already know how to play and 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 just kind of playing together you see all the celebrities and entertainers out there entertaining us we had a more lofty goal which is to teach people so we basically ran a 30 day campaign and every day we released new lessons <laughs> for all levels somebody who's never played a keyboard to young kids all the way you know through professionals into you know baby boomers and seniors and you know, mostly what you see in this video is people that haven't played in a long time or haven't played at all. So the ability to teach them and then to see these student musicians unite it all together in this one performance makes it really emotional, really uh, really special.
10: A couple more questions for Chris Vance, CEO of Playground Sessions, about hashtag global piano recital. I, I have a theory, and I don't know, maybe you can agree, disagree or, or whatever, but I'm 55. And when I was growing up, there was obviously no internet or cell phones and we didn't have great, uh, you know, TVs and video games and everything right. in our house. It, it seemed like everyone I knew, even if we were bad at it, we all played an instrument. Yep. Yep. And yep. nowadays I don't think, do we have as many musicians as we used to?
13: Well, that's hard to say. What I, what I will say is that there's a, there's a very upsetting problem that you're pointing out, right? Music is a very social thing. Music should be in all homes. Eighty-five percent of people throughout the world, if you ask them if they would like to play a musical instrument, will raise their hand. But well under, you know, seven percent of people ever become proficient. So there's just a problem, you know, the, the traditional approach and the way it was set up. Uh, didn't work for far too many people. So playground Sessions in partnership with Quincy Jones and you know Harry Connick Jr., the great Harry Connick Jr., who I I love dearly, is one of our teachers in the app, is really taking new approaches, new ways, embracing technology, using technology to to enable the accessibility, Uh, but it's also really in the way the music is served up. We put the user in complete control, they learn at their own pace, they learn from their favorite songs, and, you know, with the gamification and, and, the, and the instant feedback and scores and progress charts and visualizations, and, 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 and certainly what you also saw in the recital, the support of the community. It's really a, a global community that is cheering you along and, and uh, offering tips and support. So uh, it, it's really about solving the problem that you're bringing up. Many more people uh, should have success with, the, with these instruments, and, and when they do, I think we can get back to a place. Um, where you're going to see many more instruments not only in the home but more importantly being played in the home
10: (laughs) no doubt it's funny just as an aside you bring up harry connick jr i remember when i was in college i bought his album 20 when he was 20 and you think about all the the punk and rock i had to buy a young guy playing the piano in new orleans it just goes to show you how iconic harry connick i mean you get harry connick Onyx and Quincy Jones involved here. You're talking about two of the best right there, Chris. Right, right.
13: Well, I can't take credit for it. I really think it's just the mission of the company. Um, and, uh, you know, both both Quincy and, and Harry, you know, um, they know how important this is. And, you know, the, there's all of these benefits that, you know, are kind of hard to explain in so many ways. Uh, and you talk to a musician and they say, well, I can't imagine my life with it. So we're just trying to give that with it and make sure, you know, as many people around the world can experience it because it's, uh, it's quite gratifying.
10: So just one more question about the logistics of this. So 52 countries, 7,000 people, and 925 felt good enough to put in a video submission. So how did you sort right. through all that?
13: Right, and all, and all, and all people learning. Uh, one of our fears is, like, when people are really learning the focus, like, how is that going to show up? you know on screen with everyone mm-hmm. together it's it's not like they're you know smiling and dancing and singing They're they're sitting and learning you know playing a song on the piano but they just did such a good job they actually learned the content and they showed up ready for the performance a lot of people showed up uh... but i, I understand the question a, a lot of the, the difficulty in bringing everybody together uh... we were very true to our word and promise everyone would be included and uh... and everyone's sound so with so many people you're not gonna always be able to show 925 people on on video at the same time. You can kind of only digest so much on screen, but we always had everybody's uh piano playing. So there's there's times in the song where you hear, you know, over 400 pianos being played in unison, and that really gives you that sense of community from from all over the world. So it it was it was uh it was a bold undertaking, but again with the uh, with the love and support of, of Quincy, we, we knew we, could, we, we knew we could do it, and uh, we pulled it off. We're quite proud of it, and and the participants, um, if you look at what they're saying about the execution, we just um, really exceeded anyone's expectations. And again, it's we're not even taking credit for it. It's just going into a project knowing how healing and powerful music is, and when you when you combine it with just um, how satisfactory learning a skill is, right, and and completing something that you weren't sure you're going to be able to do it. It's just so much pleasure in that. So it's just a combination at the right time has, has made the, the recital vid, video quite, quite historic.
10: Very cool. And we'll hear some of that audio on the way out. Last question for you, and that is what's next? i doing this again, another idea. What, what's going on?
13: Well, you know that's the big question. Everyone's asking, you know, what's next, and you know how do you how do you follow up something so monumental? I think for us, we we keep it simple. It's all about our community of learners. Again, playground sessions is special because it's a place to come discover, you know, how to play, and and whether or not you're you're just starting out or, or been away for a while. So, I think we're just going to continue to to produce great content and. uh uh, fortunately, um, so many people from around the world are continuing to invite us in, into their living rooms. And you know what the next song is? Uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure, but we'll we'll be at hard hard at work thinking through. Uh, you know how do we continue to just uh, you know bring bring happiness into the homes?
10: Check out the hashtag Global Piano Recital on Facebook and Instagram, or just go to playgroundsessions.com as well for all the info there Chris Vance co-founder with Quincy Jones, joined us Chris congratulations on it and uh when you do the next one let's talk about it
13: thank you so much I appreciate the time
10: all right good stuff I'm Rick Tittle come on back on SportsBot
8: That's 855-325-1780
3: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
8: I'm
12: really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever.
3: Hey, look. I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill. But I was out of options. I just want to tell him,
12: it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through.
3: This has to stop. I'm losing everything. Everyone.
12: You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help.
3: It's time. I
8: can do this.
12: Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
4: You're crazy, you're crazy, man. You're crazy.
12: I like you, but you're crazy.
17: I saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him and he played like I wasn't even there. I'd be like that then.
10: Jeez Louise. All right. uh, Anyway, a couple minutes left. I was talking about Lamar Jackson. He was very happy to see Patrick Mahomes sign 10 year, 450 million, up to 503. And if he can replicate the career path that Mahomes has taken, then he will win a Super Bowl next year in year three, and we'll see. But as Jackson said with ESPN last night, I got to win me a Super Bowl. I got to get what he has. Now, Mahomes has earned every penny of this contract. He's thrown for nearly 10,000 yards. 76 touchdowns, just 18 picks with two full seasons as the starting quarterback. His career passer rating is 109.6. The MVP season two years ago, he threw, of course, for over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. In the playoffs in his career, 901 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That's a 111.5. So Jackson said no one has ever dreamed about that. Probably dreamed about it, but no one ever expected that. Half a billion dollars, that's different, but he deserves it. He deserves it. So listen, the Ravens would love nothing better than to have him be worth that kind of cash. And unfortunately, in a team sport, your defense can let you down. Hell, Patrick Mahomes could have two Super Bowls had they gotten the coin toss in overtime two years ago in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead against New England. If they got the coin toss, they could be back-to-back champs right now. It's kind of scary if you hate the Chiefs. (laughs) They'll take the one they have now. They hadn't won since Lenny Dawson. All right. Talk about it tomorrow, 9 a.m. pack time. We'll do it again. Coming up next, Sports Talk.